story six of gulliver the great and other dog stories by walter a dyer this librivox recording is in the public domain story six ishmael it had rained all day and the long island prairie lay dismal and water-soaked nearly all the yellow leaves had been washed or blown from the double row of wind-racked maples here and there a scrubby oak tenacious of its red-brown leaves stood solemn and dripping save for these and for an occasional empty wagon-road and a few glacial dunes the lonely heath stretched flat and unbroken from hempstead to westbury the setting sun had rent a gap in the western clouds and its golden beams were reflected from millions of raindrops on coarse prairie grass and weeds and from the glistening roofs of a few farm buildings toward the south a flock of crows flew cawing overhead on the way to their north shore home in a tall sycamore near potter's farmhouse a regiment of starlings held a noisy whistling council the vesper of the song-sparrow was heard in the land and somewhere to the east a screech-owl had begun his broken querulous call these would have been evident to the casual observer but among the weeds and grasses there also dwelt a populous community hidden from mortal eyes living their adventurous little lives in accordance with the laws of the wild as the sun slowly sank beneath its band of clouds a stealthy form crept out from beneath the tuft of grass beside a little swamp it was a small creature about the size of a gray squirrel with a long lithe body dark brown nearly black with a spot of white on the chin one might have taken it for a weasel but for its larger body thicker tail and cat-like head it was putorius the mink he sat for a moment, his sharp eyes seeming to penetrate the rank ground vegetation, and then he vanished swiftly from sight, as though the earth had swallowed him, only to reappear as suddenly a few rods away. By swift, baffling stages he made his way to the road, and then began to run rapidly toward the town, his body bending like a hoop, and his short legs propelling him easily at incredible speed. Occasionally he stopped, sniffed the air, and then hurried on he passed two or three farmhouses stopping for only a whiff or two and came at length to thomas lang's chicken-house stealthily he crept around it sniffing the wire netting the warm smell intoxicated him and his movements were hasty and excited suddenly a new and terrible scent caused him to stop and turn his head there by the side of the barn stood the monstrous bulk of a huge black dog watching him intently in the gathering dusk for a moment they stood regarding each other the dog boldly the mink furtively and then as the former took a step forward there was a slight scurry and putorius completely and instantaneously disappeared in the atwater's living-room next morning a frightful row suddenly broke loose sandy the brown irish terrier leaped upon the couch by the window barking furiously what in the world is the matter demanded mr atwater hastening into the room he glanced out the window and saw a big black dog busy with a bone that sandy or one of his acquaintances had abandoned on the front lawn be quiet sandy commanded atwater it's only ishmael haven't you got used to him yet poor ishmael said mrs atwater stepping to the window i wish someone would adopt him i suppose he isn't any particular kind of dog but he's gentle and affectionate 
i hate to chase him out of the yard all the time but if i pat him or speak to him he wants to hang around and we simply can't have him here besides it makes sandy furiously jealous they stood watching ishmael he was indeed no particular kind of dog he had the long black hair of a newfoundland while his noble head and a look about the face suggested a great dane his big thick tail too was a dane's except that it was somewhat hairy and was set on all wrong atwater had christened him ishmael because he knew no master and every man's hand was against him sandy started up his indignant and vociferous protest again and because it was the peaceful sabbath atwater was forced to go out and shoo ishmael off when robert samus came with the sunday paper atwater said your friend ishmael has been around here again has he asked robert with interest why don't you take him home and have him for your dog asked atwater if he had a home and plenty to eat he wouldn't roam about so and he'd make a good dog for you oh i wish i could replied robert wistfully but father won't let me he says dogs kill chickens and he doesn't like them anyway besides he says if he had any dog at all it wouldn't be a stray mutt meantime ishmael hungry both for food and for human love made his way by a devious route back to the east of the town where the garbage heaps were more abundant at bemis's on front street he went in to pass the time of day with bob a big bull terrier who spent his life at the end of a chain and was reputed to be dangerous bob had a master of limited intelligence and sympathies and ishmael had none so they enjoyed stolen moments of the companionship of misery in return for an occasional bone or other morsel ishmael was able to give bob a bit of news of the great world when ishmael again came out upon the street his attention was attracted by the yapping of a dirty fox terrier sitting beside his master on the seat of a wagon ishmael stood and wagged his tail and barked deeply once or twice in reply the little dog's master threw something at ishmael and then laughed at the big dog's hurt look as he hurried off glancing apprehensively over his shoulder with his tail drooping crookedly dawson's collie threw him the usual insults from behind his fence and a big old hound passed him in silence ishmael sighed heavily as he stood at length before the collingworth kennels and watched the antics and listened to the bickerings of the puppies that were to become pampered and beribboned pets of fashion dogs of the upper classes whose lot was so easy and whose dinner tins were always so full ishmael shook his head perplexedly and passed on death silent and mysterious stalked a nights through the poultry yards of hempstead on the morning of october twenty four thomas lange found seven of his best bullets dead in their house and yard he repaired his walls and fences and placed a trap before the door the next morning it was martin samus to whose rhode island reds had come the terror by night within two weeks no less than ten poultry houses great and small had been visited and chickens killed there or in the open at first it was thought to be the work of a skunk but no skunk entered the waiting traps nor did any leave behind him the tell-tale scent rats it might have been but rats do not make a circuit of a village visiting now this farm and now that besides the form of death administered was unusual each fowl was neatly and effectively nipped in the throat and abandoned 
apparently after the murderer had taken his draught of warm blood the hempstead papers that second week published accounts of the mystery and one ingenious contributor decided that the work must have been done by some fiendishly clever dog which killed for the joy of killing thereafter two or three men sat up with guns but to no avail those who shot at cats or dogs aimed widely in the dark and death attacked the roosts of their neighbors then came the evening when jack walsh returning late hurled a futile missile at a strange small animal that streaked across the road and found four of his best wyandots garroted back of his house that gave rise to the weasel theory which the papers exploited but most of the farmers still suspected the mysterious and murderous dog i believe it's that black tramp dog said martin samus if this thing don't stop pretty soon i'll shoot him anyhow on a crisp november night putorius the mink stole out from his grassy retreat on the brown hempstead plains and made his swift silent way toward the scattered farms to the northeast of the town a frightened field mouse scurried for cover but putorius did not stop apparently he had a definite goal in mind he did not turn in at lange's place nor did he take notice of a black form that rose quietly from its comfortless bed by the fence and took up his trail putorius was immediately lost to sight but hunger stimulated in black ishmael the latent hunting instinct inherited from some distant ancestor and with his nose to the ground he padded steadily along close to the fence in front of henderson's orchard the trail took him through the tall grass at the edge of al barclay's meadow always where there was cover always out of the bright moonlight all was silent save the distant rumble of a train and the spasmodic baying of poor old bob bemis the ancient village was wrapped in peace but death awaited some luckless brood in front of the samus place ishmael hesitated then he caught the scent again and followed the trail along the fence toward the buildings back of the house he moved quietly now very quietly for such a clumsy brute he stopped and lifted his big head a slight scratching sound caught his ear but he could see nothing so he dropped his nose again to the ground keeping his ears cocked the while suddenly a great clamor arose among the chickens squawks of terror and squeaks of death ishmael dashed forward and reached the chicken house just in time to see a sleek cat-like little head with bright beady eyes thrust out from beneath the door of the scratching yard and then hastily withdrawn ishmael stood watching the place and then sniffed cautiously at it the bristles rising at the back of his neck the house door was thrown open and a bar of yellow light shot across the yard martin samus aroused by the racket appeared half-dressed bearing a shotgun and followed by robert in the bright moonlight big ishmael was plainly visible by the chicken house his nose to the ground holy smoke cried samus it's that black devil i knew it bringing his gun quickly to his shoulder he fired but ishmael was not there his quick sense had caught a noise at the other end of the yard, and with incredible speed for so bulky a creature, he dashed around the corner just in time to catch sight of a swift, lithe body disappearing in the weeds. There was a deep growling roar from Ishmael's throat, a tremendous rush, a smothered cry among the burdocks, and then silence. 
martin samus came up on a run and would have fired his other barrel at the first movement his eye caught but robert was ahead of him don't shoot dad he cried there's something else what he did not know but his sharp eyes had seen something beside ishmael and that something was not a hen as the man and boy approached ishmael lifted his head and stood his ground something had been awakened in his shaggy breast that for the moment at least drove all fear from him you thieving useless cur i've got you now roared the man eager for the final shot but still robert blocked his way no dad no he cried see here it isn't a hen at all it's a oh dad what is it he stood wondering above the body of the strange little animal his hand resting unconsciously on ishmael's shoulder wondering why ishmael neither ran nor showed fight martin sammoth joined his son and looked ishmael was wondering too wondering what he had done to provoke this latest torrent of wrath wondering why the blow did not fall wondering with all the power of his pathetic dog's eyes why the little man kept his hand so comforting upon him martin samus lifted up the dead mink by its tail well i'll be darned said he i never saw one of these things before don't know what it is but i guess it's it all right dad said robert meekly his father was contemplating the remains of putorius in silence you see ishmael didn't kill the chickens ishmael what's ishmael this is ishmael said robert a sort of fatherly pride crowding up into his throat mayn't i keep him now dad martin samus glanced at the pair ishmael was sitting on his haunches contemplating the face of robert with that worshipful look that only dog lovers can know or believe in well said he tie him out here by the chicken house he may keep other dogs away and he turned back to the house with his mysterious little carcass thinking of the tall story he would have for his neighbors and not noticing the boyish arms that were thrown impulsively around the great dog's neck nor the curly head buried in the shaggy coat sobbing silently End of story six.